Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Andrea Lundstra. And I'm going to talk a bit more about uh, Simply Jesus. Um, and today I'm going to talk about how to live an overcoming life in Jesus. Are you ready for this? I just want to pray first. Father, thank you for this message that you have for all of us. Thank you, Father, that you're going to speak through me to everyone's heart. Father, thank you that, that you are in the midst. You're here. And Father, thank you for the journey you have been taking me on so I can share this journey with everyone else. Father, open our hearts. I open my heart, my ears, my hands, my eyes. Whatever you want to do, Father, have your way. Have your way in my heart, in my talking. Have your way in our hearts and have your way in our ears so we hear what you have to say. Amen. Amen. Right, I'm going to um, talk about how to live an overcoming life. When I uh, heard this message, or uh, I, I heard that I was going to talk about this, I was like, Woo, yes, I love to talk about this. And then God took me on a journey for the last three weeks. And it wasn't a journey of, yeah, I'm living an overcoming life. It was, ouch, <laughs> ouch. Okay, thank you. Well, it's okay. So I'm going to share, you, share with you a bit about the ouch, but also the other side um, of the ouch. Um, so yes, um, when we live an overcoming life, um, wherever we are in the world, um, in your workplace, in your family, um, it's not just all about God is good, he is amazing, and he is amazing, and he is good. But sometimes our feelings are not matching up with that. Now, I've been through a journey of actually submitting to God, and surrendering to God. And it wasn't a, an, 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 um, a sure journey. I'm still in the journey of surrendering. But you know what? After that journey of surrendering, there is victory, there is life, there is health, because surrendering, when you surrender your heart, I'm going to talk about what surrendering is, but when you surrender your heart to God, you surrender your own life to the freedom that he has got for you and for me. So it says um, in James 4 verse 7, submit yourself then to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Now, submit. Let's submit and let's surrender. Surrender is a choice between self and between God. Are you going to surrender yourself to yourself, to your ideas, to your plan? Or are, you, are we, did I surrender myself to God? Surrender, that means to hand over. Surrender means laying, oh, hold on. I just need to say that uh, surrender means detach yourself from a plan you had and say, God, here you are. Here you have it. And it's, it's sometimes, and I saw that with myself, I was attached to stuff in my own life. And when I was attached, oh, something hurted. I was attached to my future. I have a plan. I had a plan for my future. 
and then something didn't go the way I thought it should go. I was like, ouch. But actually, why was it an ouch? Because it was mine. But when I give it to God, it doesn't give me an ouch. You know, it's when you surrender, you de- I, I really had this word, you detach yourself, Andrea. You detach yourself from, from people in your life. Not completely detached so you don't love them anymore, but it's like the effect that they have on you, the effect that the plans that you had in your life, you detach yourself from it. Say, God, have your way. Release. And, and it was also for me, was releasing your relationships to God, releasing your money to God. If you're attached, if you're attached to money and something happens with your money, you get bankrupt, ouch, that is an ouch. But if you've surrendered it to God, you say, okay, God, it's yours anyway. Same with friendships, same with, with your future, your emotions. You know, we want to take a hold of our emotions. We want to um, do this and do that, have a control of how you respond to it. But actually, when you give it over to God, he takes control. And I, had, I really had to go um, through this journey of holding tight on what I thought was right to actually releasing your hands, releasing your arms, releasing your heart to the God and lay it at his feet, lay it at his, at the cross and say, God, have your way. Whatever you want to do, it's surrendering, not just one part of your heart, it's surrendering my whole life. And you know what? I wasn't smiling then because what Andrew was saying, you know, we get sand in our heart, you know, and this sand was quite a pile of sand and I had to remove all that sand. They go, here you are. Now, this sounds quite dramatic. It wasn't that dramatic, but you know, it's, it's literally laying your life before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who has the uniform in his hand. And in there, there is such a security but I was so afraid to let go. But we don't have to be afraid to let go because God has the control. God is the God of control and he is the best God that you can entrust your heart to him. And does that make sense? We place ourselves under him. When you hold tight to something, when you hold tight to your money, you place yourself above him. You think... Uh, I wasn't always thinking about, but there was one point of like, God, I know it all. God, I know what you want to do and I'm going to do it. And it's placing myself above God and saying, uh-uh, I don't think you're right. Is that correct? No, that's wrong. So I had to, I had to repent. I said, I'm sorry, God, you are. You are the way, the truth and the life. And I know you, you've got it and you are who you say you are. And that is not looking at your own self, but looking at the face of God to go on your knees and say, God, I love you. Do whatever you want to do with me. And then he does say that, Andrea, surrender your life. Andrea, give everything what you have to me. And it's for you as well. You know, whatever is going on in your life, surrender yourself to him. Give him your all, not 50%, not 70%, not 80%, but 100%. He wants to take control of your own, of your whole life. Now, when I approached God then, you know, 
I could listen to two voices. I could listen to my own voice, what I already said, or I could listen to the voice of God. But the voice of God says, come as you are, Andrea. You are my beloved. You are the one I love. You are the one I want. You are my every, not everything. I'm not his everything, but I'm his favorite. I'm his favorite child. You are his favorite child. Whether you think you are or not, you are his favorite child. You know, you are his beloved. You are the one. And that gave me confidence because God's plans are always good. And that was the same with Jesus. You know, when Jesus, um, it says in Mark 1 verse 9, Jesus was baptized and he came out of the water. He saw heaven being torn open and the spirit was descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son with who, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Amen. And he is saying that right now over you. And some of you maybe... Um, on the fringe of your relationship with God, or maybe not at all. Maybe you've been to church 20 years or longer of your life, but he is saying over all of you, you are my son. Can you hear it? You are my daughter. You are my son with you. I am well pleased. Not everything you do I, I like, but I'm pleased with you. I love you and come to me. And then at once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was tempted by the enemy for 40 days. He was hungry. He didn't eat. But he had the stamp on his life with, I am the son. I am your son. I, I know I'm loved and I know I'm cared for. And then he was in the wilderness for 40 days. That must have been crazy, horrible. That, I, I can't imagine that. And thank you, Jesus. I hope I would never go through a desert like that, being separated from anyone, everyone, and hearing the enemy tempting constantly. But he had a stamp on his life. The voice was, I am your son, and I will go get through this. And that's what I'm going to proclaim over you. You are my son. You are my daughter. And whatever you're going through, you will get through because I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will not let you down. I will not. I will not. So take courage and go for it. I'm going to take this. The loudest voice in Jesus' life was the voice of God. It was the loudest voice. So should it be with us. He should be the loudest voice in our lives. You are significant. Your life matters. You are loved. And with that, you can face every giant you are going to face. I can face with the identity of Christ every giant I am going to face. And you know what? I also saw in the last weeks... Mons, that there is someone out there who is wanting to destroy your life. And that's called the enemy. He wants to steal your joy. And, and when I, I talked about this, I, I, my goodness, I was like, enemy, this is crazy. The enemy wants us to become, wants me to become a lazy Christian. He wants me to sit on this chair or whatever stage and say, well, whatever is happening to me today, whatever. And you know, he wants to destroy your household. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy 
You're surrendering to God. He wants to say, well, it's okay to be a lazy Christian. He wants to put lies in your hand and say, it's okay that you do this. But actually it's not God said it, but don't listen to God. And you know, the enemy is is out there to steal your joy. And he's out there to let you sit on the chair and say, well, whatever is going to happen in my life, I will take it as it is. He wants to steal your identity. He wants to steal all of those things. And it's like, no. No, no, and I'm saying now over your life, if you have been stolen by something, you should rise up, rise up in your identity because he, if you don't do it, he will take your life and he will get you down in the grave and you will have no hope and no future. Let's not go there. We have to rise up. If he wants to determine your future, tell him to get out of the way because he is not there to determine your future. There is God who is determining your future. He hates it when you praise him. So that's why he stops you praising. He hates it when you rise up. He hates you when you spend time with God. He hates it when you bless people. He hates it when you praise for, when you pray for people. And it's like we have to get out of our own comfort zone and say, enemy, I am not having you. And I am speaking that out of my own self. I am not having the enemy destroying my life. I'm not having the enemy just destroy my future. I am not. And if he wants to, he will, have no, he will not have it. And that's the same with you. Don't let, your, don't let him become the rule of your life. Don't listen to the lies of him. Don't listen. And when you've sinned or when you've done something wrong, go to God straight for forgiveness and there we go. You're right before the throne of God. But if you dwell when you've done wrong, then the enemy comes and says, ah, I told you. And he's a nasty, stupid, whatever. And we have to see that. Yes, it's the love of God. It's the goodness of God. And, and the goodness of God is the goodness of God. And with that, we can fight against the enemy. We are called, you are called to look the enemy in the face and to say, no, 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 not today. No, 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 not today. I am living to please my God. I am living to honor my God. Now that doesn't go by a, God, I love you. God, thank you. No, it's rising up. That lion of Judah coming and roaring over your day, roaring over your life, roaring over whatever you need to roar over. And it's that voice, it's that, it's a voice. And it's not an emotion, it's not a feeling, because our feelings sometimes do not line up with what God is saying. But we have to get over our emotion. And we say, God, I, I place my emotions under your control. I place my life under your control. I place what I feel the hurt. You know, I have been hurted so many times, but I choose not to live in that hurt because I know God doesn't want me to live in that hurt. 
I had once a revelation a few years ago when I came to England. So it's not a few years ago, it's now nine years ago. I thought it was normal to live a damaged life. I thought that was my life. I thought it was normal to, to, to hear the voices in my head, to hear the people around me and determining my future. I thought it was normal, but it's not normal. It's not normal. And it's not normal to live under emotions. We are called to stabilize our emotions. If you're up and down and up and down and up and down, God says, come to me. Come to me. I will stabilize you. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. At the moment, every day, every morning, I'm reading Psalm 62. And it says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My soul finds rest. My thinking, my life, my hands, my doing, it finds rest. <sighs> Breath. People, in people, you cannot find your rest. In your marriage, in your, your husband or your wife or your friendships, whatever you have, you cannot find your rest. It's in God alone because he is our salvation. Now, the enemy has a plan to trip you up. And maybe all of you know that plan. I don't know. I know my plan. I know my weaknesses. I know maybe you know your weakness. And in that weakness, he always wants to come and trip me up. But I know now that he cannot do that because I know what my weakness is and I have a plan. I have a plan because God has got that plan. He had that plan before I even was born. And that is the victory of Jesus, applying <coughs> the victory of Jesus in my own life, in my own heart, applying what he has done on the cross to my own life. Now, how do we do that? It says in Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Now I had a few, few months ago, something, something happened to me and um, it's about how I look like and some like three, four, 15 year old uh, boys, they saw me and they, they started to laugh and it's fine, I'm used to this, blah, blah, blah. It's not fine by the way, um, but I'm used to it. Um, and then I, I really had a choice there. I was like, okay, so what shall I do? Shall I just let them laugh? Shall I just, just let it come in my heart and let it, me, let it, let it hurt myself? And it, it does hurt, but I've learned to deal with that. And then I thought, you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to talk with those guys. And I'm going to tell them, you know, let's, let's talk about our manners. You know, you, you, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't laugh at people. You, it's fine if you do that at me. I know how to, uh, how to deal with that. Um, but if you do that to others, it can really hurt people. And they were kind of on a trampoline, on a, on a, not on a trampoline, on a whatever, air jump, whatever. Something like bouncy castle. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then, uh, and then they were sitting there, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to sit with them, and I'm just going to share my heart with them. And I and I just said to them, you know what? What you've just done, it's it's not actually okay. I wasn't offending them. I wasn't accusing them. I was just saying, you know, in our society, maybe you used to to laugh at people or to to shout at them. It's not okay. 
You know, we are here to, to love each other. I didn't say anything about Jesus. And I said, it's not helpful that you, you do this thing, but it's helpful if you, if you help someone or if you laugh in a good way at them. And they just listened to me. And I was like, God, this is what you've just planned for me to tell those guys that they are loved, that they are chosen, that they are the ones who God wants as well. And, it's, and I'm, I'm not sure what you are struggling with and what your, your biggest battle is. You know, God doesn't want you to, 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 um, to stand there and be stagnant and say, okay, well, whatever happens, happens, or to go back and hide. It doesn't work. It doesn't work to hide. We have to face whatever is in front of us, even if it hurts, even if it's, it's the hardest thing in our life. We have to face it. And you know what? I could face those boys because I know I was loved. I know I was secure. And that's where you can. Whatever you face in your life, whatever giant that is coming in your life or is in your life right now, you can face that giant. You can face it. Because the God who is inside of you is bigger than the giant in front of you. Yes. Yes. He is. He is the God who loves. Now, when we go back to the, the surrendering part, in John 12, verse 3, um, it talks about Mary who was honouring, who was loving Jesus. And Mary, says John 12, verse 3, Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive pure perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Mary was broken before God. Mary whatever she had, that perfume, the most expensive, well, I don't know, it could be the most expensive thing in her life that she ever had, but she broke it before God, before Jesus, at his feet. And you know what? You are the most expensive thing God has. And he wants you to smell like that perfume, and how can you smell? How can you become a nice smell? It's quite funny that I talk about it. It's because I cannot smell yet. It's funny, I just can't smell. But sometimes I can, like rarely. But a smell is not actually the smell. It's not your sweat or your perfume. It is what you ooze out. It's what you show. It's what you use telling people, how you love people, what you do with people. When someone comes to you, are you going to ignore him? Are you going to look him up and say, ah, 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 I don't love you? Or are you going to actually say, no matter what, I will love you? And you know, this morning, I, I, I know I was preaching this message, but one of my, pff, what I find really tricky, I said to Andrew, is when I, when I talk before people and when there are new people, for me, it's, it's always a step. And I, the voices go in my head. What do people think about me? 
oh, that. But God is inside of me and he has given me his identity to face new people, to face the ones I've never seen and the ones who never saw me. And he has given me the strength to say, hello, how are you? Is that easy for me? No, it isn't. But it's okay because I've got God inside of me. And it's the same with you. You've got God inside of you. And maybe some of you actually haven't got God inside of you. Maybe you haven't surrendered your whole life to God. But he's here waiting for you to say, come my child, come my lover, come with me. And it's also in, in five, ten minutes, we're going to actually surrender. We're just going to give our whole life, just everything to God, but I'm not, not finished yet. <laughs> Sorry. <Amen. laughs> so, now we know how to face our giants, but there's another one. And we've been talking about that. I know Pastor Johnson had a, a message about this months ago, but it has always come with me. How to, how to overcome, how to face your giants, how to fight your battle is with your arms held up. Praise is our weapon. Your weapon, the, the, the most amazing weapon that you have in your life is the word of God. And, and I really feel like um, Andrea has been running with Psalm 100. I'm going to say this. Um, sorry. Um, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Now you can shout to the Lord and that's raising your voice. And I felt God wants to restore your shout. Some of us have been sitting and whispering and that's okay. Whisper is good. I, whisper, I do whisper. But sometimes we have to shout, to stand up, to get off your bottom and to look in your giant's face and say, I will shout to the Lord no matter what I'm facing. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart, with all my inmost being. I will praise your holy name because that is our God. We can overcome. You can overcome your giant by praising the one who is everywhere. He has never left you. He has never forsaken you. He is here right now and he is inside of you. Just imagine your skin without any bones in it or your heart or whatever. Just Jesus, simply Jesus inside of you. Just imagine Jesus, not just a tiny circle or a little heart that we put onto or the, like whatever that we see. But you filled with Jesus completely. Jesus everywhere, from top to bottom. That's who is in you. That's what you can face, whatever you have to face. He wants to restore your joy. Joy, the spring in your step. When you've been rejoicing, but when you have not been rejoicing, when you have been rejoicing no more. Something like that. Anyway. 
If you're not rejoicing, God wants to restore your joy. Restore it. Because the joy is everything God wants you to have. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. There is fullness of peace, fullness of life, fullness of health. He wants to restore that. And restore means bringing it back to its original, original. Yes, bringing it back to the original state. You were born to rejoice. You were born to make the choice to rejoice. You were born to give him glory, to worship him. You were born for such a time as this. And if you're thinking, oh, she's just rattling on what she's saying, get that voice out of your head. (laughs) Take it captive and just rejoice, okay? So I am... Oh, yes, this is also important. Where does it start? My whole journey didn't start on a Sunday morning. It didn't start in a worship service. It didn't start by asking someone to pray for me. It didn't start by asking someone to bless me. It started in my own secret place with God. When nobody sees you, no one has ever had a clue how, how much or how not much time I spend with Jesus. But no one has to know. No one needs to know. No. Only God. God it's, it's between you and God. I have literally cried on my knees like this. Like cried and cried and said, I'm sorry, God. God, I know you're good. I know that in you I place my confidence. So whatever is coming my way, I can face it. But it's on my knees before God. It's on my knees where no one sees me, I hope no one hears me. <laughs> and only, only God, it's a real place. It's a place where you can be honest, where you can be open. And, and as you know, if you know me a bit longer, I love that place. I don't love it too much because I can hide in it too much. So I need to also come out of it. But it's, it's a place where, it's, it's where you can rest on his chest where you can cry, where you can laugh, where you can be, where you can say whatever you want to say and no one else knows. And that's the place where he wants you to be in, in that secret place. And then I can be here on a Sunday morning and say, thank you, Jesus. But I don't overcome. Oh, of course, it helps me. It helps, encouragement helps me or it helps us or someone praying for you it helps but it's not where your journey starts it starts when jesus went uh do his ministry he drew himself away from the crowd from everyone else and he placed his life before god i would have loved to be a fly on that mountain where he was and to hear what he was saying to the father because it must have been so intimate and so beautiful and so loving. And that is God. And it's not that we surrender because, oh, now it's the God of love. He has a plan for your life. He wants that you ride with people. He wants that you rejoice in every circumstance. He wants that you give, that you give him thanks everywhere. 
It says in Psalm 56, I think. You don't have to put that one up because it's in the, the Passion Translation, TPT. Um, it says, Lord God, unlock my heart, unlock my lips, and I will overcome with my joyous praise. For the source of your pleasure is not in my performance. Andrea, hear this. Everyone else, hear this. The source of your pleasure is not in your performance or the sacrifices I made offer to you. The fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of your shattered heart before me. That's beautiful, is there? To be broken before him. He will not despise your tenderness as I will humbly bow down at his feet. He will not despise you. He will not reject you. If you're rejected by man, God will never reject you. And we're just going to have a response time now. I can talk for a bit longer, but I just felt it was time. You know, our church, our congregation, you know, church, King of Faith, God wants to come and dwell in it completely. And he wants to restore those things that have been stolen. And he wants to restore you. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to say, come my child, come as you are. I don't leave you as you are, but come as you are. And he's here with his loving arms. And just wide open for you. So kind, do you just want to come up? And we're just going to... You're just going to have a time where you just can hand your life over to God. And you probably have done that, but just in a fresh way. If you've never done that before, if you never handed your life over to God, today could be your day. It's a choice between self and between God. God wants to be the king of your life. He doesn't want your emotions to be your king. He doesn't want your pain to be your king. He doesn't want your worry to be your king. He doesn't want a person in your life to be the king. He wants to be your king. So Father, You are our King. Father, you are with us right now. And just choose to lay down everything before Him. Jesus, we choose to let go. We choose to let go of our expectations. We choose to let go of our pain, our disappointment. We choose to let go of the plans of our future. We choose to let go. In one sense of our children, of our relationships, will we hand them all to you? God, we hand everything over to you. We hand over our lives, hand over, we hand over our frustrations. We hand there, we lay it all before your feet. 
we give it all to you, God. And thank you, Father, that you promised that you will go with us. My presence, His presence, is going with you. And He gives you rest. God is your refuge. He is your strength. He is your ever-present help in time of trouble. Do not fear. Hand over your fear. Because God has redeemed you. He says, I have called you by name. You are mine. That is the stamp on your life. You are mine. When you, pro- when you pass through the waters, I am with you. When you pass through the rivers, it will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. The Lord is gracious and He's compassionate. He's slow to anger and rich in love. He is good to all. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. They, you, when you look to Him, you are radiant and the face, faces are never covered with shame. That is our God, His bright lights, His living water, His amazing fountain of life and of light above you. When Jesus came out of the water, heaven was torn open and the voice of God was saying, you are my beloved, with you I am well pleased. Heaven is torn open over your life. Wherever you go, whatever you do, heaven is open. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.